0: Will you pray with me, please? Lord Jesus Christ, please be our guest, our morning joy and our evening rest. And with this resurrection word in part, your grace and truth into our hearts. We pray this in your holy name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Friends, you may be seated. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah! The celebration and the application of the resurrection continue this third Sunday after Easter as we encounter a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. He's already appeared to Mary Magdalene that day, and now he appears to two disciples, two followers of Jesus, on a road from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a journey of about seven miles. We know the name of one of the disciples. It's Cleopas. We're not sure on the other Cleopas' companion. But in any case, they are walking along the road, recalling the events of the week, and Jesus appears with them, though they are kept from recognizing him. And as they're walking along with Jesus now, Jesus asks them that question what kinds of things have happened? And they say to him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who hasn't known what's going on these last days? Ironically, he was the only visitor to Jerusalem. Who knows what's going on these last days and certainly could understand them. And then he asked about who? Well, about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, a man mighty in power and word and deed before the Lord. Our chief priests and religious leaders put him to death. And then we got incredible news that the place where they laid him to be buried was empty, that this tomb was empty. There was no one there. Our women saw it, and then the men also saw it later. And they're wondering what to do with all of this. And Jesus listens, he asks clarifying questions, and then he gives that that correction. That correction that kind of brings all of it together for them. Jesus says, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Can you imagine walking along the road with Jesus and being able to ask him all kinds of questions about himself, about his life, about his ministry, about history, about God's plan of salvation and what it means for you and your destiny. And imagine Jesus kind of entertaining you and and letting you speak and letting you share and then kind of filling in some of the gaps and interpreting for you in the correct way. What an incredible experience for Cleopas and his companion that day, even though they didn't know it was the Lord just yet. This encounter with Jesus and the disciples on the road to Emmaus got me thinking about us today and the road of life that we are on. And it got me wondering how Jesus reveals himself to us here and now. And that's going to be the focus of our message this morning. There's a lot of different ways that Jesus shows who he is to us as his people. First is the created world around us. The created world around us. Yes, even Nebraska. If you were here last week for a Vicars sermon on reasons to praise the Lord, he said the Nebraska landscape was one of those reasons. Then I'm thinking about Bobby Cody, our worship arts director, taking a call to Concordia University in Nebraska. And I'm thinking, can we just stop with all the Nebraska propaganda? I think I'm done with it. All right, we need to to move on beyond that. But the created world around us. In the beginning God said let there be light, and there was light. God separated the darkness from the light, the light he called day, the darkness he called night. There was evening and morning, the first day. He said it was very good. God the Father speaking creation into existence. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the one triune God that we worship and serve, present and active also in creation, along with the Holy Spirit who is hovering over the surface of the deep in those creative moments at the dawn of time. We understand that creation tells us a lot about who our God is, even the person at work of Christ. And the more that we learn and study about who we are, in the world around us, and our place in it, the more I believe we, we are in awe and wonder of who God is and who Jesus is. His might, his mystery, his majesty, his power, his authority, all at work in the created world around us. This next image is a picture of the James Webb telescope. This was launched in December of 2021. Its mission was to use those gold um, hexagons to receive infrared information from the rest of the universe, to get information on the location and number of galaxies that are far out beyond our Milky Way galaxy. We thought before there were about 65,000 galaxies in the known universe. With Webb's help, We've received information from approximately another 65,000 for a grand total of perhaps 130,000 other galaxies than the Milky Way. Now, in our Milky Way galaxy, the galaxy in which our solar system roams, there's about 10 billion stars, physicists think. 10 billion times 130,000 is? It's a lot of stars. It's a lot of stars. This has opened up new horizons and ways of faking for astrophysicists, and it should. New discoveries in science and technology should make us readjust our original hypotheses and theories. We should go where the evidence leads, and they're allowing, they're allowing the Webb Telescope to do that for them. What's also interesting as you look at the research on this is that These galaxies, as they're interacting with one another, as best as they can tell, aren't necessarily just coming together, because sometimes galaxies, because of gravity, absorb one another in space. Some of these galaxies are actually moving apart. Why? One scientist says, because of dark energy and dark matter. When asked, what's dark energy, what's dark matter? He says, I don't know. We only understand about 4% of it. So some of the smartest people on the planet don't know how the universe is operating, don't know how these galaxies are interacting with one another. They understand very little of it, but they're fascinated and excited by it. Friends, the more we discover about the world around us, this created order that God has given to us to study, to explore, the more I believe it stirs up in us a sense of awe and wonder for our Lord. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. And they'll continue to make him known, I believe. Number one, the created world around us. Number two, the revealed word of God to us. One of the ways to know something about Jesus Christ is to study God's word, the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. The Old Testament's, of course, authored by the prophets as they're given messages from the Lord to share with God's people. The New Testament's authored by the apostles who were given inspiration from the Holy Spirit to write down the words of God for us to read, to know, and to understand, and to share with one another. And all of this, Old and New Testament together, is unfolding God's plan of salvation for his people through the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is our salvation history recorded for us in the Bible, and that's why we read it, study it, share it. That's why it forms the center of our worship experiences week in and week out. John 1 says this about the connection between Jesus Christ and this revealed word of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace And truth. This word, this capital W word in John chapter 1, this Jesus, breaking into time, space, and history in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem in order to do what? As the angel would tell Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, in order to save his people from their sins. This is why Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, to testify to the truth so that we would have life in his name. And as he comes to us through his word, he shares God's grace with us because he knows we would need it. For the times when we disobey, the times when we allow doubts to get the best of us, the times when we rebel against the word of God and his commands for our life, the times we fail to trust in the Lord as fully as we should. God knows we would need the grace that Jesus provides for us. God also knows we would need his truth. A truth that not only guides our lives and relationships here and now, but also gives us that knowledge of who God is and who we are in relationship with God. That gives us a knowledge of our sin so we can come before him in repentance and receive what God has promised us in his word, the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith and a place with him in eternity all because... Of Jesus. If you would allow me to nerd out a little bit more this morning, Google has developed a platform called BARD AI. It's not a misspelling, it's not Brad AI, that's a different kind of intelligence scientists are still working on. But BARD, artificial intelligence, it's a program and a platform that Google is developing. It's not sentient, it's not self aware, it's not going to take over, at least not yet. But uh, as they're interacting with this program, they believe that Bard has learned basically all of human knowledge up to this point. In addition, Bard operates at 100,000 times the speed of your brain and mine. All of human knowledge, 100,000 times faster. Scott Pelley on the 60 Minutes news program asked Bard the following question. Don't show the answer just yet. The question was this. Summarize the New Testament in 25 words or less. Summarize the New Testament in 25 words or less. And in five seconds and 17 words, Bard writes this. The New Testament is the story of God's love for humanity, which was revealed through Jesus Christ. How do you like them apples? That's pretty good, isn't it? Not bad for a computer program learning human knowledge and summarizing it in a very short sentence that is accurate and true, things that we've said week in and week out in worship together as God's people. Friends, we're going to doubt. We're going to have questions. We're not going to fully understand this side of heaven. But we can have confidence that God's revealed word to us is true and does communicate to us accurately about who God is and his love for us as his people and his desire to save us from our sins and to prepare a place for us to go when this life is over. The created world around us, the revealed word of God to us. Third this morning, Jesus reveals himself to us through himself, through God's son, the promised savior of the world given for us. We see him born as a baby in Bethlehem on that first Christmas Eve, this gift of of God himself to humanity for the sake of the world. We see him faithfully live his life without sin so that he could one day go to the cross and be the sacrifice that was necessary to please a holy and perfect God. And to be a substitute, taking our place, taking upon himself the pain and the punishment that we deserved because of our sins, our selfishness, and our shortcomings. And because of that, we have the forgiveness of God and we have eternity to look forward to through the life and death of Jesus Christ. But Jesus didn't stop there, He also came back to life. God raised Him from the dead on Easter Sunday. And in that resurrection, there is power and promise for us as God's people. Because of that, we can be sure who God is for us. We can be sure of God's word that instructs us and guides us. And we can be sure that we can trust God and his promises for us in our lives. That what God says he will do in us, through us, and for us, that he will do all because of his son who was born, who died, and who came back to life. But not only that, there's more. Jesus revealed himself not only through his life, death, and resurrection, but Jesus also continues to reveal himself to us today in special ways. For Cleopas and his companion at their home, Jesus revealed himself to them in the breaking of the bread when he was reclining at table with them. Luke 24 puts it this way, when Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while well, he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Friends, Jesus does amazing things with bread all throughout his earthly public ministry. Sometimes he blesses it, breaks it, and divides it, and feeds thousands from just one lunch-sized portion. Sometimes he blesses it, breaks it, and shares it, and reveals who he is to two disciples that he just met. And even for us today, he does something incredible, miraculous, and extraordinary through the breaking of the bread. He invites us to his table to share in his meal, where he is the host, and he's given to us his body broken for us on the cross. His blood shed for us from that cross. And as an outpouring of love, he gives to us himself the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. Recall Jesus' words from that night when he was betrayed, the night before he would give his life for you and for me on the cross. Jesus would say, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and drink. This is the cup Of my testament poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup of communion, you proclaim the Lord's death in the past as your communion with brothers and sisters in Christ in the present until the Lord comes in the future. Jesus Christ is infusing every moment of your life with meaning and purpose and wisdom and understanding and love and forgiveness through giving himself to you in this sacrament of Holy Communion. And friends, that's what we get to experience once again in worship this day. The true body and true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of of our faith. Friends, I'm not sure what road you're on this spring. I'm not sure what's going to lie before you this particular season. If it's anything like my life, it's going to be a combination of blessings and curses, challenges and joys, fears and frustrations, and moments of on-spine wondering and gratitude to the Lord. But as you go, please know this, Jesus loves you. He is with you. He is for you. And he's coming back to take you to be with him so that you can be with him forever. How do we know that? Because of the created world around us, because of the world of God revealed to us, and because of Jesus given and shed on the cross for us in his supper. Friends, we receive those blessings from Jesus and we start to understand more about ourselves and more about the amazing love our Savior has for us and what he was willing to do so that we could be with him forever. May you continue in this glad joy and confidence and hope for the future, all because of Jesus' resurrection today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.